Max Freed with another ace-like performance on Tuesday, and the offense breaks out in a big fifth inning. We'll talk about that and talk about Max Freed's chances of winning the NL Cy Young, as well as a possible extension with the Atlanta Braves. And then we'll talk about Von Grissom and how he could help the Atlanta Braves make history with his month of August. All of that on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. As always, I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball and check out my bio there to see where I'm covering the game of baseball. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter as well at Lockdown underscore Braves. And please send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Also, please subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell. It helps support the show a ton. And as always, thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. On this Wednesday episode of Lockdown Braves, we'll recap Tuesday's game, a 6-1 victory over the Pittsburgh Pirates. Talk about Max Fried and his performance, his chances to win the NL Cy Young, and why the Braves have not extended him yet. We'll discuss that. We'll talk about the offensive outburst in the fifth inning from the Braves' offense on Tuesday, as well as Von Grissom's career day and how he can help the Braves make history. And then we'll set you up for Wednesday's afternoon game happening very quickly after this is posted. On Tuesday, the Atlanta Braves secured a series win over the Pittsburgh Pirates with a 6-1 to victory, a much... Um, much needed win, I guess you could say, with the New York Mets losing two games to the New York Yankees, allowing the Braves to pick up two games in the standings. They're now just two games back in the NL East, thanks to the New York Yankees coming back and beating their division rivals in the Subway Series. The Braves had lost their last five or lost five of their last six series at PNC Park. So that's why I say much needed series win for the Atlanta Braves there in Pittsburgh, something they hadn't done a lot. So good to see them take care of business. I don't think they played necessarily great in these first two games in Pittsburgh, but still managing to find ways to win, and that's all you can really hope for. And when you have your ace on the mound, as the Braves did Tuesday, makes that much easier, especially when he pitches like Max Fried did on Tuesday. Eight innings, three hits, one wall, gave up one earned run on a solo homer, to Michael Chavis and seven strikeouts. Just a great performance from Max Freed, what you expect from him. He retired 20 of the 21, first 21 batters he faced with that home run to Michael Chavis being the only blemish there early on. He started to tire a little bit in the eighth inning. You could tell uh, he walked the leadoff batter, Rodolfo Castro, on four pitches. A great play by Acuna in that inning, saved him from giving up a hit and possibly another run there. He gave up a two-out single, and it was the only inning where he allowed more than one base runner. Again, he was just completely dominant all night. Not a lot of stress, not many runners on the base pass. But he got a ground out 
to end that eighth inning to complete that frame. Selfishly was kind of hoping he'd go back out for the ninth inning. Braves haven't had a complete game all year. I was hoping Max Freed would get it done. It wasn't quite to 100 pitches yet, but again, like I said, it looked like he started to tire a little bit there in that eighth inning, so probably the right move to bring him out. You look at his overall performance, 14 swings and misses, six on 11 swings against his curveball, which has been really good lately. I mentioned in that last start against the Mets, I thought early on he had that curveball working, was able to get ahead with it. It seemed like he lost command the second half of that start against the Mets, but for the most part, over his last several outings, he's really gone back to that curveball, which was, was his best pitch when he came up. I know he'd kind of become enamored with the slider a little bit here recently, but still I think that curveball when it's on is his best pitch. And he got six swings and misses on 11 swings against that curveball. Got 14 called strikes as well. And then in typical Max Freed fashion, an 84.3 mile per hour average exit velocity against continually getting weak contact only six hard hit balls against him on 19 balls in play and even more so than that only three of the balls that were put in play against him had an expected batting average above 500 by comparison the braves had eight balls put in play that had an expected batting average over 500 so max free just not giving up a lot of great contact as you would expect again from a max freed performance and this is exactly what you want from your ace going up against a, a lineup, a team like the Pirates. You know, make it stress-free. Go out there, dominate, be conservative with your pitches so you go deep into the game. I mean, and there are times you'll see, you know, an ace pitcher go up against a lineup like the Pirates and they, you know, lose focus and they waste pitches. And next thing you know, they're out of there after six innings, five, six innings. Max Freed did not let that happen. He went out there and did exactly what you want your ace to do. He went eight innings. He made it very stress-free and was able to save the bullpen. So love what you got from Max Freed on Tuesday. And then I wanted to bring him back into the NL Cy Young conversation. You had Sandy Alcantara and Corbin Burns over the past week. Both kind of get lit up by the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I think it's kind of opened up the door in the NL Cy Young a little bit. I still think Sandy Alcantara is the leader in the clubhouse, but I think Max Fried's up there in the top three or four names. You look at his ERA with his last start, he dropped it from 260 to 2.52, and his whip from 1.05 to 1.02. I mean, you think if you get those numbers – you know, below two five and below one for both of those numbers. I mean, I think that has to firmly put you in the NL Cy Young discussion with what all he's done leading this brave staff. And I think especially if he helps lead them to an NL East title, uh, I think you have to definitely consider him. I know team awards don't go into it quite as much as the individual performance, but uh, I think what he has done, you know, is truly worthy of being considered for the NL Cy Young. You look at Fangraph's war, he's at 4.5. That's third among all NL starters. Carlos Rodon actually leads all NL starters at 5.1 and Sandy Alcantara at 4.7. So again, freed in that top three there. You look at uh, his FIP as well, where he ranks very high as well on Fangraph's. And I think he's definitely, you know, very deserving of that to be in, 
in that contention with some of those top guys in the league. He's second and fifth only to Carlos Rodon with a 2.54 FIP. So, uh, again, right there. And then you look at some of the other individual numbers. He's fifth in the NL and ERA, sixth in innings pitch, 10th in whip, 15th in average against. That's where all those soft hits this year have kind of come back to bite him. He's first in quality starts. And I know not everybody loves the term quality starts, but 19 of his 23 starts this year have been of the quality variety. Every time Max Fried goes out there, he gives his team a chance to win. Eighth in strikeouts, kind of surprising to me. He's not necessarily a strikeout pitcher, but still a top 10 in the National League in strikeouts. Fourth in average X velocity against. Sixth in hard hit percentage against. First in barrels per plate appearance percentage. Again, people just don't square him up. He's fourth in X expected ERA at 2.86. And he's fourth in ex-WOBA, which is expected weighted on base average. Um, so, again, you know, he's right there, top four, top five, and a lot of the key statistics that voters will look at. So I'm not saying he's going to win it, but I think he's definitely, you know, on track if he finishes the season strong to finish, you know, in that top three uh, to be considered for the NL Cy Young. And with that, I know all Braves fans are thinking, why hasn't he been extended yet? With all the extensions that AA has done to sure up the lineup for the next 10 years, essentially, he still has yet to really extend a pitcher, you know, beyond what Spencer Strider and Kyle Ryder are going to give you through their arbitration years and their years of team control. Max Reed still, you know, hasn't been extended, really not any talks of extending him. I discussed this in the offseason. I think there's a hesitancy to do that with starting pitchers because of injury risk. And, you know, you lose a starting pitcher, you know, for Tommy John surgery, they're out a year and a half. Look at Walker Bueller right now. I mean, he just had Tommy John surgery. He's going to miss the rest of this year and all of next year. So there's just a huge injury risk when it comes to starting pitchers, which I think makes general managers hesitant to give them contract extensions and max Fried still under team control for two more years which is just crazy how that worked out and unfortunate for max Fried, really so you know it's not like extending him a deal now is going to get you a bargain i just don't think that's going to be the case with max Fried. and max Fried's is going to be 30 when his team control runs out when he's through the arbitration process it's really going to be the only good chance for max Fried to get a big payday he may want to test free agency and see what he can get instead of taking you know a discount type of deal to stay with the Braves I still think Alex Anthopoulos and the Braves will try to extend him maybe this offseason but I really think with starting pitchers there's no real rush to do so when you have two more years of control over them and again like I said I don't think Freed's going to be one where you necessarily get a bargain so there's no real rush to make that kind of extension but you know, make no mistake, the Braves have been looking for an ace for a long time, and they finally have it in Max Freed. You would love to extend him and, and wrap him up for the rest of his career, make sure that it's in Atlanta. The Atlanta Braves offense did enough, had one big inning on, on Tuesday night to give Max Freed enough of a cushion for his dominant performance. We'll talk about that next. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. You can make it home. It's no big deal, right? What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? 
and what can actually happen. You lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, or you hurt someone else. Everyone knows the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop people from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to help save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Atlanta Braves offense looked pretty sluggish through the first four innings of the game on Tuesday. Very similar to what we saw on Monday and really on Sunday as well as the offense has been struggling a bit in these last few games. Overall, you look at the numbers, six runs, 10 hits, one walk, 12 strikeouts, a lot of strikeouts. You hate to hate to see that. Brubaker has some strikeout stuff, but you know I think that's something we've been keying in on over the last couple of weeks as the Braves trying to limit those numbers of strikeouts and just too many on a Tuesday night. But they didn't end up with six runs on 10 hits, five of those runs, and six of those hits came in one inning. We'll talk about that more in a second. Four for seven with runners in scoring position and just four left on base. Not a lot of opportunities in this game, but they took advantage of the ones they had. Again, similar to Monday night, not a lot of opportunities in that one, but came through when they needed it. Had six strikeouts, one hit, and one walk through the first four innings. Again, like I said, a really sluggish start for the offense. Brubaker had faced just one over the minimum through four innings because of a double play that he got off the bat of Ronald Acuna Jr. after a hit from Vaughn Grissom. Then came the fifth inning, and that changed everything. And I want to go at bat, my at bat through this fifth inning because it really just was pretty incredible the way things played out. Travis Darno swung at the first pitch of the inning and tied the game up with a home run to left field. William Contreras fell behind 0-2 in his at-bat, but ended up getting a slider that stayed up and hit it for a single. Michael Harris got a changeup that he lays for a double that almost got out in the deepest part of the park again for him. And that set up Vaughn Grissom for an RBI single and a pitch after a pitch that he should have walked on, should have been ball four, then got a 3-1 sinker down the middle and he smacked it through the left side of the infield for an RBI hit. Robbie Grossman came up, got a curveball in the zone, and he singled through the infield on the first pitch that he saw for an RBI. Acuna, again, hit the first pitch he saw into right field. Great job by him on this one, kind of staying back on a good slider and shooting it the other way uh, for a single, which loaded the bases. Dansby came up, grounded into a force out. Honestly, should have been a, a double play. Second baseman bobbled it. So Dansby gets the RBI. That made it 4-1. to one. Then Riley came up, got a hanging slider right down the middle, hit it hard, got it in the center field deep enough to score the runner from third for a sack fly. And then Matt Olson ended the inning with a ground out to second base. Now, everything I just read was about the same amount of time that it took for the Braves to make all that happen. They had six, six consecutive hits to start the inning. Five runs, just left one on base. Again, taking advantage of the opportunities they had. They did all of that in 20 pitches. That is just absurd for a team to bat through the lineup, score that many runs, and do so in just 20 pitches. They had four one-pitch at-bats and three two-pitch at-bats. Contreras and Grissom had the longest at-bats of the inning, each going to five pitches. 
this team is aggressive. We know that they're aggressive early in the counts. And when it works, it's great as it did in that fifth inning. When it doesn't work, it is highly frustrating. And it leads to a lot of quick innings, a lot of quick at bats and allows the starter to stay in the game longer. As we've seen really over these past couple of days, I would like to see a little bit of both. Look, if you come up to the plate and you feel good about the pitch you're going to get, you have a good idea of what's coming on that first pitch, by all means, ambush it. That is what this Braves team loves to do. You'd love to see them work the work the count a little bit more, make some of these pitchers work. But in that fifth inning, at least, it worked for the Braves. They were able to come through with that big inning. And I wanted to finish this section highlighting Vaughn Grissom. Had a career-high three-hit night. He has multiple hits in eight of 14 games to start his big league career. He has his average back over 400. He's batting 420 now. And he's working his way <clears throat> towards NL Rookie of the Month. If that happens, it would be the first time that a team has had three different players win Rookie of the Month in three consecutive months. There have been two other teams that have had three different players win NL Rookie or Rookie of the Month in a year, but nobody has done it in consecutive months. So that's what's on the line here for Vaughn Grissom. Still got a good ways to go, about a week and a half left, in, or about a week, a little over a week left in the month of August, but I got to think he's a front runner to win Rookie of the Month for August, and that would make some history for the Atlanta Braves. And a lot of people asking this, what happens when Ozzy comes back? You know, Ozzy's still working his way back, hasn't began a rehab yet, but I think that could happen within the next week or so. Von Grissom has to stay in this lineup when Ozzy comes back and Ozzy's going to play. Ozzy is a all-star second baseman. Not only is he great there defensively, but when he's on, he can carry a lineup. Ozzy is going to play. Von Grissom has to play as well. You got to find a spot to put him. you know, whether that's giving Riley or Dansby a day off, whether that's, um, you know, putting Von Grissom at the DH position, Ozzy will likely need some days at the DH spot. There are ways to make it happen, but Von Grissom has to play every day. I don't know if right now you could, you know, transition him to left field. That's a lot to ask. You know, in a pennant chase, you're trying to win a division and obviously going into a postseason. I think in the offseason, that's ultimately where they start to look to put him, especially if they bring back Dansby Swanson. But for right now, for the rest of this season, I think you either just got to put him at the DH or, you know, like I said, give other guys days off, but he's got to be in that lineup with the way that he is hitting right now. All right, the Atlanta Braves are set to take action against the Pittsburgh Pirates on Wednesday afternoon, looking for a sweep of that series with Kyle Wright on the mound. We'll talk about that next. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sport wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening. Bet online where the game starts. The game on Wednesday will be starting at 12.30 p.m. Eastern time, so an early start 
on Wednesday. We know what the Braves have done in day games and their struggles there. Hopefully they're able to buck that trend and get a sweep over the Pittsburgh Pirates, a chance to pick up half a game on the New York Mets, who are idle on Wednesday. And, you know, you get down to just one, one and a half games. You see that in the games back column and you're feeling really good about your chances. You kind of make the Mets a little bit nervous. You know, have had some collapses in the past. However, as I've said all year, I think this is a different Mets team, and their schedule the rest of the way is very easy. They have nine games left against teams above 500 compared to the Braves, who have 19 games left against teams above 500. That's including the San Francisco Giants, who are at 500. But still, I think you get the point. Mets schedule the rest of the way is much easier than what the Braves are going to face. So you want to, you know, get to the spot where the Braves are now and, and put yourself in a position to be able to do so. When you get to those head-to-head -head games at the end of September, you know, those become really important if you stay within, you know, three games back of the New York Mets. But it's going to be tough because of that Mets schedule. You're not going to get much help from other teams. But they did this past week as the New York Yankees, like I said, were able to sweep that two-game Subway series. But on Wednesday, you know, that's why all these games become very important. You got to take care of business, beat the teams you're supposed to. Braves have a chance to do that on Wednesday and sweep this series. They got Kyle Wright going against Mitch Keller. Mitch Keller been pretty good over his last seven starts, two and three, 305 ERA, 125 whip, 38 and a third innings, just 26 strikeouts to 10 walks. So not a big strikeout pitcher. Over his uh, only lasted two innings his last time out, gave up five runs, four earned on five hits and two walks to the Red Sox. But he had a stretch from July 6th to August 5th where he went at least six innings in each start and he gave up one earned or less in four of six starts. So he was coming off a really good stretch but been kind of uh, struggling his last two outings. He does not have the swing and miss stuff of Brubaker or Rosny Contreras that the Braves pitcher saw in these first two games. So hopefully that plays into the Braves' favor who have a tendency to swing and miss uh, at a lot of pitches. Uh, Mitch Keller, he does have some good spin on his mid-90s fastball. Braves usually are pretty good against fastball pitchers. So, again, I think this is a pretty solid matchup for the Braves' offense. As for Kyle Wright, great his last time out after coming off uh, or getting skipped in his start prior to that because of some arm fatigue. He's gone at least six innings and seven straight starts. Would love to see that continue. You know, with the off day on Thursday, Braves didn't have to use a lot of bullpen on Tuesday, you would think the bullpen's fresh, ready to go. If Kyle Wright can get you, you know, six innings, feel really good about the Braves' chances of bringing in the bullpen and shutting things down. Kyle Wright's given up two earned or less in seven of his last nine starts. And the key for Kyle Wright, don't walk anybody. Make this team, make this lineup beat you. Make them string hits together. If he does that, I think he'll have a pretty good day of it on Wednesday. Had a quality start against the Pirates back in June again. You know, six innings, two earned or less, I think, with the matchup that the Braves have. You know, hopefully they get their offense going in a day game. I think it's a good chance for the Braves to sweep this series, pick up another half game on the Mets, and go into the weekend. Feeling pretty good about themselves, going up against a really good Cardinals team and a red-hot Cardinals team in that. We'll talk about that more on Thursday's podcast. That'll do it for this edition of Lockdown Braves. Thank you for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of the day. Now go make Lockdown MLB your second listen, where MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team from around the league. 
Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOn underscore Braves. You can follow me at shortstopball. Also, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time.